Welcome to season two of Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff and hopefully leave you with some practical takeaways. Think of it as rent a best friend for when you need us. We hope this podcast allows us all to be human, to feel, and to lean in. To catch our latest episodes, follow and subscribe. We're glad you're here. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Lois. How are you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Me too. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Welcome. We've got another great episode for everybody. We're going to talk a little bit about what seems to be holding Michelle and I back as we look at our life and we're asking ourselves, where are we going? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we not getting to where we need to go? Where is where we need to go? Yeah, that's the question. Where actually am I supposed to be going Yeah, at this age? Why it's not happening? And I think we learned in our planning processes, Michelle and I were sort of planning our episodes and breaking down. We create these outlines every week and kind of plan our calendar and our schedule. We were talking a little bit about how important it is to actually look back before we can look forward. Yeah, the idea of reflection. Maybe a lot of people at this age do that because you're closer to the ending rather than the beginning. But then I, I was just thinking, well, we should all be able to do that at every age. Because with the reflection, it, it gives the opportunity, hopefully, to maybe see things that whether you forgot about them or that, oh, I did accomplish that, or even looking back on your hurt, your failures, the heartbreak. Well, so that's the thing of it is it's really easy. I think when you get into moments where you're thinking negative thoughts about yourself and where you're going or what you've accomplished in your life, it's helpful to do the self-reflection because then you're like, oh, actually, but then I had a moment this weekend where looking mm -hmm. back at my life, there was a bunch of stuff that I had buried from my past that I realized, wow, this came up as a tsunami in me that I thought I had moved on from. Right. So do you want to do you want to kind of go through the circumstance of how that implosion explosion? Yeah, it happened? was an implosion explosion <laughs> moment. You know, I just think I think for me, and I don't know if this is true for everybody, but what I realized for me is that I have really tried in my life to not give a lot of power to the things that have happened to me in my life. And yeah. Life wasn't always smooth going, but I don't think it is for anybody. We all have our stories. And I always thought that just diminishing the power of those events in my life would mean that I could move on. That you've healed, you've dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that works until it doesn't. Sorry, it also is feeling like you're, you're, you're strength, you're strong. I got this. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. My go-to is the fight or flight freeze. For me is fight. I go big or go home. And so that happened this weekend where the feelings become are really big. I feel big. I am the kind of person that feels emotion, but I think I temper it. Absolutely. Temper it. I'm pretty level headed and pretty it can be pretty calm in most situations. Right. You don't let things get to you. Yeah. And I don't explode. I don't typically overreact. Right. Not that that's a thing, but I mean, I feel it. I let myself feel it. I, and then I feel like I can rationalize it and then respond. Right. And I, in a healthy way. I, I think the fact that you were able to have this moment on the ski hill. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> it didn't feel like a good thing. Let me tell you guys a story. Yeah. Skiing with my sister-in-law 
my brother-in-law, my husband. We plan a beautiful ski weekend away. And I have a moment. We're skiing on the hill and we have complete whiteout conditions. We're skiing in clouds. And so it's completely flat light. And so I'm skiing along and I say to Jeff, who is a fantastic skier, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to keep my eye on your black ski jacket. It's perfect contrast in the snow. And so we're just skiing. You cannot see to the tip of your skis. Right. It's completely flat light. And we're skiing a black run. So it's... (laughs) you know, you've got to be careful that there isn't a cliff. Yeah. The ski hill is really well marked. It's a, you know, it's a good ski hill. And so, but I'm just don't want to hit a little rut or a crevice or anything like that where I think I'm going to go down. And you said to Jeff before going, I'm up, just going to follow you. Yeah. I'm a little, not, I'm nervous. Not I was today. nervous. Yeah. yeah. I'm a strong skier, but I just not feeling, I am not an, I'm not an expert skier. Right. I'm going to follow my husband who is an expert skier. He can pretty much deal with any terrain. And I follow him and he goes over a rut, but I don't see that he's done that because he makes it look so easy. And I go down, face plant. I hit this drop and I pop out of my skis and I literally, my goggles implant into the snow. It was was soft, so I didn't hurt myself. But oh there's gosh. this moment where I look up and then my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are above me and I'm feel you know that where you, I'm going to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to, I can feel it in my chest. Yeah. The lip quiver. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not hurt and I can't figure out why I feel like I want to cry right now. Okay. And it is like this release that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I look up and I just assure everybody I'm fine. I've got my goggles on so nobody can probably see that I am in this moment a where panic. I of pan of of a, my heart yeah, hurt. Yeah. And it wasn't an ego thing. Nobody was watching and my family, we laugh at each other. So yeah. I wouldn't be embarrassed in front of these people. Right. So I knew it's not that. Of course, you are already hearing the process that's happening in my head as I'm talking, telling you the story right now. Mm-hmm. But this is happening very fast in my head. I'm like, I know I'm not embarrassed. I know I'm not hurt. I know I'm, what is what this is feeling? What yeah. is happening in my heart right now? Yeah, that it was so big. And I am not a crier. And those of you who know me know this. Yeah. I don't respond typically in that. I do feel big, but not usually to cry. I have to really work to that. Now you look at me wrong, I cry, so. And it's been good for us (laughs) to do that. We we help each other that way. And I dust myself off. I get back up and I'm skiing down the hill and it comes. The water works. Come, you guys. I just fall in. Yeah. I start crying and I am so grateful. We're on this super long run Mm -hmm. and I have all this time inside my own head to just think, 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 and cry and cry and cry and let this out. Of course, that whole time that I'm skiing this, I am trying to figure out why, why this release has come. What I get to by the end of the weekend is that I'm on these, they're hand-me-down skis. Mm -hmm. I am cold. I have these crappy skis that are too light for the runs that we're doing. I, my hands are cold. And I'm looking at everyone that I'm skiing with and they have top of the line skis. Mm-hmm. They've got all the heated gear. They've got... They're fully comfortable. They're all have, living their best enjoying life. Enjoying their life there. Yeah. Enjoying their life. <laughs> and I realize that 
events that happened to me as a little girl coming from a broken family, coming from extreme poverty, coming from a place where I literally could not afford a box of Kraft dinner. Right. I could not afford. I remember raping together 10 cents, five cents from all the kids in the lunchroom. So you could eat just to buy a bag of Doritos for the lunch, for lunch that afternoon. Yeah. Constantly fighting without. Yeah. Fighting for survival. Just fighting for a liter of milk. Bare minimum. Right? Just to have a little bit of sustenance for food. Yeah. And then getting home and having to make that, get myself to bed, do my own homework, all of this, taking care of me. This is a little girl. This is when I was 12. Right. I'm literally grade seven, grade eight. Yeah. And all of that came back that now here I am. I have paid off all my student loans. I mm-hmm. put myself through three degrees. Yep. I have had a successful career. What the hell, man? I own my own home. I own my own car. <laughs> I can take care of myself. And here I am bawling like a baby on the ski hill because I couldn't. I don't even know. What was it? I had the crappy ski. Well, it's not about, I don't think this is about you not having the stuff. Like, let's just be clear. This isn't about poor little rich poor girl. little rich girl okay because i mean let's take this back for a second you've worked hard to get to this where you are right you've put in a lot of uh time energy love blood sweat tears into your career for the last 20 plus years right yeah you've worked hard you survived childhood soundingly like it was a tough one right so you get to this certain age and this little trigger of a face plummet First of all, I think maybe being seen or heard that you're scared or nervous. So one that was you were kind of, ah, you can handle it. I asked my husband to take care of me. And, and I love my husband. He does this really well. Yeah. And it was just one of those moments where I, he went off into the tree line. And it was just a smidge of a, if you were over a little bit further. And he knows that I can do that run. Like, he knows so he's that. giving so you he the credit think, before even doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, she's fine. Meanwhile, and I wasn't fine. Yeah, and so, and I so the face plant, felt. and then the feeling that, oh, man, if I only had better skis, if I had a better this, if I wasn't so whatever, yeah, wasn't about the skis. It brought you back to the moment, that vulnerable moment when you were a kid. I don't have enough. I'm not enough. I'm not a good enough skier. Right. I isn't that funny that that moment triggered is a big trigger. Some serious reminder of trauma that you probably. Felt, I'm sure you have dealt with, but there's still that toxic trauma that's ingrained in our bodies. Our bodies do. I am trying really hard right now to do some research on how much our bodies do hold on to these kinds of events in our lives. Yeah. And I think what I have believed for a really long time is that it doesn't really matter. It. <laughs> I really try to convince myself that all of the events that have happened to me will be fine. We'll move forward. It'll be okay. And I'm learning that actually the body holds on to significant events. And if we don't let them go, at least for me, what I obviously learned this weekend Mm -hmm. is if I don't start to learn to let go and acknowledge the massive impact that some of these impacts events have had because I was just going to ask you what does that mean let go it's to acknowledge and to go back what is it I'm going to have to go and figure that out I I need to go to a therapist that is going to do some actual work on me I've been to therapy I've been really open about that yeah but talk therapy for me 
I think is not what I need. Mm -hmm. I have lots of really great girlfriends that will listen to me and I can process that. I'm a very logical, rational thinker. And so I can do that other places. I personally am not promoting this at all. I personally need a therapist that is going to do some EMDR. Yeah. It's going to do some somatic therapy on mm-hmm. me. That's going to do some brain spotting on me. And I'm going to need to hash out. And I have done a very little bit of reading. By no means am an expert at all. But mm-hmm. there is some research on this idea that if you have big black spots in your childhood. Yeah. That that is an indication of trauma, trauma. that your body has actually held on to. Yeah, there's a reason why your brain blacks out certain things. Right. And I am totally that person. There are massive portions of my childhood that I have no recollection of. Right. And I need to probably get to the bottom of that. Right. And even throughout the years, I'll say a lot of times something that triggered you to react to a certain situation, most of the time probably stemmed from that trauma. Right. As a child, like little teeny tiny little nuggets that have popped up throughout the years of me knowing you. And I think this holds true for probably most people. The thing that needs to change is wanting to actually go back and process. Okay. Yeah. So that's scary. Number one, because you think you're good. So these types of therapies and the EMDR, which I have done before, is trauma therapy. Like it takes you into the trauma. The thing is, is I didn't believe for a really right. long time that what I went through was trauma right? until yeah. very recently because I wasn't abused. I wasn't, when I think of trauma, I, I think of totally different things. Well, that's the unfortunate thing now. The word trauma is so overused. I think it's it is. just such, it's a word now, which bothers me. Yeah, I would agree with that. But trauma, any kind of trauma, whether it happens, whether you're a child, different levels of trauma. Trauma is trauma. Yeah. And I think I can acknowledge that there were lots of things that happened in my childhood that were still very unsafe for me. Absolutely. And I'm not going to get into all of that. Very few people know my entire story, but there were moments where I was in situations that I shouldn't have been in. Exactly. And so now as an adult, I think it's fascinating. And I know that's probably not the best word to use because you're going through it, but it's fascinating now that for whatever reason, your thought process has brought you to a whole different level of figuring out how to heal, how to move forward, and how to figure out all these little things that may be holding you back. And it doesn't just mean into, oh, my career or this or that. It's just your inner, inner, inners of what's being pushed. It's been pushed down so long. And they say trauma, it will always bubble up somehow, somewhere. It's just now if you have the courage to actually deal with it. And that for me is what I was thinking is why? Why do you need to go back? (laughs) Why do you got to deal with that? I could carry on. I'm a fairly functioning human being. I could probably carry on and live out a perfectly normal, healthy, long life as is. Right. Do I want to? That's the thing. This is your choice. This is what you think you need to do to have a healthier, better, we get one chance at this life. But why? Why do you think that is? Because I don't want to exist in the toxic tar that I've been in. Because do you, are you repeating patterns? Why? What's the, um, what's the drive? Am I repeating patterns? Maybe. And I don't want the situations or, or circumstances that have occurred in my life to dictate my path forward any longer. 
So in order to change that, I got to go to a different mindset or I got to try something new. It starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with anyone out there that thinks, okay, uh, I'm stuck. Now what? Mm -hmm. And going through the switch in your brain is terrifying. Not because I'm afraid I'm going to have to deal with, go through the trauma again. I, for me, I'm more afraid that it's not going to change anything. Mm. I'm not worried about dealing with the hurt and the pain and the whatever I went through, whether it was as a child or as an adult in my marriage. I'm afraid that if I deal with it, it's still not going to change the outcome. That's scary. Yeah. So I'm going to do all of this, go through all of this shit, all of this pain, and then what? Right. That's what I'm worried about. And not everybody has that same thought process. Right. Because mine is a little different. Yeah. For me, it's that I want to get to a place where I can show up as my whole self. Mm -hmm. I think there are lots of situations and I've experienced this often in the last year or so where I have held back who I am Mm -hmm. because of negative self-talk, self-doubt, uncertainty, insecurity, whatever it is. Which is human. Yeah. But, and I just was like, I am done doing that. I want to show up as my whole self. And I would really like that whole self to be really healthy when she shows up. Yeah. You're not doing it for anybody else. You're doing it for yourself. Not to impress anybody else, but because I feel like I have something to offer. So let me, let me offer it. Me showing up as my whole self, my whole healthy self. But other people don't know great things. Others out there don't know what that means. Only you know what that means. What your true, authentic, 100% you self is. So what you're giving out, most people assume is probably, wow, that's lovely. Great. So it has nothing to do with the outside. Well, I never thought of it that way. Then it becomes you're doing it for someone else rather than yourself. You have to think of you first before you can put it out for someone else. Am I right? Is that right? Wrong? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. For me, I actually would say it is external. Okay. And it's not because I need to be affirmed or praised. It's because I believe that I am here for a purpose. And so if I am not showing up as my whole authentic, healthy self in order to fulfill my purpose, then I don't So up until this point, have you not been your full authentic self? I've been trying to get there. What switched to realize that wasn't your true authentic 100%? I don't want to break down on the ski hill again. Okay. Interesting. I don't want to walk. I'm tired of walking away from situations and feeling like I am not what people are looking for. Okay. I want to walk away from a situation and go, oh, okay, if I'm not what they're looking for, peace out. Yeah. Let's find the next situation. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I'm sick of getting caught in the self-doubt after every opportunity and situation. Right. And then realizing that this has stemmed from years and years and years and years of piling up of this traumatic experience as a child. Yeah. When you you don't have anybody to take care of you as a little child, when you feel like the people who are supposed to love you don't love you. And I'm not saying that that's truth. I'm saying that's what you believe as a child. When people aren't showing up for you when you're little, Mm -hmm. people aren't taking care of you, you feel unlovable. Right. So it is very easy for me to fall back into those same thought patterns. I just love how it's happening. It's coming out at this point in your life for you. You love that. I do. <laughs> because I get to see, because I already know 
already know how amazing and great and wonderful you are. And so now it's like, and I think you told me this before, but now you are getting to figure out how great and amazing and wonderful you are too. But there, you got to do the work. Yeah. I'm you can't live surface level anymore. Not that you were, but you're not. Maybe you don't have to prove you're as strong as you think you are for yourself. Okay. Yeah. I need to receive that. I think that is what it is. Mm -hmm. But doing this work actually makes you stronger and braver and more resilient than what you were before. Because this stuff is hard. And coming to those realizations and not having judgment on yourself, never mind anybody else, on you, your own self, that's, that's hard. That's the key. So it's not external in that sense. No, you're right. Michelle's been through it. I've read every book. There are, that's the thing is the self-help has got to stop. I've also read every, I feel like I'm just, I'm yeah. grasping for straws. I'm reaching for this book, that book. I just got over a book called The Garden Within by Anita Phillips, Dr. Anita Phillips. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like she took all of the research and all the reading and everything that I've done grasping for straws and put it into one single book. Yeah. And it is, she is a Christian, so it's from a faith perspective, which I love, but it's also completely science-based. So she's saying, trust your faith, absolutely. However, yes, if you're sick, go to the doctor, go to the doctor, you need medicine. So yeah. if that medicine means going through EMDR, going through somatic therapy, going through whatever means necessary. You do it. You do it. Yeah. You can she, still have your faith. And she gives even biblical scripture based on how our bodies are aligned with our mind mm -hmm. and that our bodies do carry this. And she, it was a wake up call for me and also gave me permission to be a feeler. I do feel emotions really big. And I hate that I have always felt guilty for that. Well, and I can totally relate because growing up as a kid, earlier I alluded to this, I cry over everything. I'm better now, but now I'm like, I don't want to be better at that. I used to cry if someone looked at me the wrong way. I believe I am an empath. I absorb people. I absorb their emotions. Mm -hmm. I absorb things that maybe someone else might not see. If someone looked at me wrong, I would just be like, oh, it would be like I was being stabbed and I would cry. It would affect me. Mm -hmm. And growing up, of course, you're told, stop crying. Like, don't let things get to you that way because it was protection. It wasn't to ignore my feelings. It was out of protection because, Michelle, if you cry over everything in your life, you're not going to get very far. You're going to be in a job interview and the, you're going to start crying. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I get how it was viewed as a negative thing. Having the emotions, I wear them on my sleeve. How are you supposed to be in an argument or stand up for yourself when you're crying? People are going to look at you like, oh, gosh, tough kid. I don't think so. You know what I mean? So I get that. However, it was always a very negative thing. Mm -hmm. I took that now into my adult life. It's always been a, a shame thing for me. I felt shame. Yes. You said something earlier. I think. The idea of that, our emotions, there should not be a but after it. There's never a but. It is from this. Okay. So Dr. Phillips talks about this. We are designed to feel, and she takes it a step further, is actually we are designed to feel in connection and community. Mm -hmm. And so I should, there should be a place where I am allowed to feel with others. Right. And it was shunned upon for me. So that's how I, when I get emotional now, maybe not as much, but I feel 
bad and guilty. I feel like I'm less than because of it. You're weak. I'm weak. This is so culturally instilled in us. And it was only, I get it, it was only to instill strength in me as a, as a kid. Like, stand up for yourself. The hard lesson of that as an adult. And so I get that it was made to, the intention was to help you yeah. be stronger, but we know more about how our brains work now. We know that yeah. that feeling actually needed to be validated first. Right. And this is what we now know to do with our children. Yes. I mean, not, I will say though, my mom was very, gave me the, all the love and all the, in those moments. Oh, totally. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay. It's how they Tough were enough. parented. Yeah. It's the same thing. I do not blame my parents for no, what no, happened. No, no. They did no. not intentionally design a life <laughs> that I was given as a child. Right. That was not intentional. And so I think in the attempt to not blame my parents, mm -hmm. I didn't actually value what happened to me enough Absolutely. and process it enough. Yes. And because I think if that's you were, you did it. You try and justify right. it. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. It's like, I don't want to cause any issue. Yeah. I don't want to make my parents feel bad. I don't, don't want to make blame my anybody. Friend. I don't want to be the victim. Yeah. Yes, we do this. And so instead of doing so, yes, oh my gosh. Or by doing that, you get the other side of that, which is <sighs> Brene Brown and her empathy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She talks about many empaths actually the their empathetic response is from a place of trauma absolutely and people pleasing yeah yeah i mean so there's a, there that's a yeah. whole other episode oh, yeah. that we can unpack yeah, we, we on can that totally, yeah i don't 100 agree but i get it i understand it yes, yes. but absolutely <laughs> whole other it's a whole i know whole compassion empathy i know right at the same time so if you're if we're gonna just go there quickly i don't want to put my feelings that I am an emotional person as a bad thing anymore. Never. So again, this is where I'm at. It's like, you know what? If I want to bloody cry or if I want to have emotion attached to that, I'm going to embrace it rather than feeling bad and guilty and shame about it. Same with me. I'm passionate and I'm super intense and I get, I love to be excited about things. Mm -hmm. And I have always had to tone that down. I am one of those people that is too much. Yeah. Who would have thought a face plant in a snow pile would start us on a new I know. It was crazy. And this is the thing that you said is that if you don't deal with it, it will surface. It will. Regardless, it will. however, and even if it's not talked through, it will then settle in your body probably in ways that will affect you when you're older. Lower back pain. Yeah. There is all There's time, so much. Right? When yes. you look at I have both nerve pain, pain yeah. and back pain, so much joint trauma. pain. So much of what we carry in our bodies. And sometimes it doesn't require somatic therapy, EMDR. Yeah. Sometimes it's just being able to talk about it. Yeah. Being don't able hold to get it, it out in. There. Do you have a spouse? Do you have a best friend that you can trust and just go there? With? When you've had a shitty day at work, do you get to come home and talk to somebody about that? Yeah. It can just be everyday life things that we choose not to process. Right. That we carry in our body. I just want to say, that sharing and processing what's happening in your emotional, spiritual self mm -hmm. doesn't have to be trauma, right? No, it doesn't have to be a dun 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 every single time. Isn't it worth saying that, yes, maybe I've been through some events that I need to deal with, but mm -hmm. I think that there are lots of people that are living healthy lives yeah. that still might be beneficial if you could still process the little things that happen on a day-to-day. -day. If you want to. 
Nobody has to. This is our journey. This is where we're at right now. If I would have told you this two years ago. Okay, but I'm thinking about a couple of people in my life that don't talk. They don't talk about anything. And what I see is that unprocessed information and events that have happened into their life comes out in very unhealthy relationship patterns. Right. But until they are ready, if ever they want to change their path, whatever they have it is, to want to do it, they have to want to do it. So all I'm saying is that being, from our experience, right being now, in connection with other yeah. people and having a safe space to be able to process events, huge is benefit, really beneficial. Absolutely. And it will be for everyone. Yeah. Because I even look at the way that I parent. Mm-hmm. I've made some parenting choices that I'm not proud of, of course. We've all, we all looked have. back at that. But then I think that there's some things that I did well that I only could have done well because I took the time to think about some stuff and process some stuff and talk with other moms or talk with my husband and say, hey, let's do this differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it right. has the- impacted, hopefully, the next generation. Yeah. Me being a healthy person impacts my kids yeah. and how I parent and how I make choices right. and how I communicate. Yeah. Really big deal for me. Exactly for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we're, this is it. It's not a preachy thing. Yeah. We don't have all the answers. It's our experience of what has brought us here <laughs> in parenting, in work, in friendships, in marriages and whatever. Yeah. I can only work on me. Right. Which I think being able to admit that for yourself is a huge step. That's really hard, though, when you're living with other people. Yeah. In terms of what's holding you back, that's a big one for sure. But there's other things that get in the way for sure. Well, I just wonder if you've been hearing a lot about this whole the scarcity abundance mentality, too. And when I think about people who live in a mentality of abundance. You know, you've talked about this word adventure and just just stepping out and taking the risks, the whole mentality of the worst that could happen. Yeah. They live in that abundance mentality. And is that in the perfect world? Sure. Anytime I've heard life coaches, business coaches, limiting beliefs, right? It comes up in every single session, every single webinar, every single conference I've been to, limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs. Right. And so if everyone is talking about it, is it a thing? Yeah, I'm sure. I guess I'm like the negative Nancy today. Sorry, anyone named Nancy. You're not always negative. Anyway, I've done that. It's hard to stay in it when things around you are not all great. Yeah. So, which is then the vicious circle. Because if you're not putting out the good vibes, you're not going to, right? It's like, okay. Yeah. It's also hard sometimes in the faith. I'm putting all of my trust in God. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I'm not getting the, what I need to, you know, the good stuff, so to speak. Waiting. Feels waiting, like waiting. the doors aren't being opened. Ever. Yeah. Ever. So yeah. you're in these cycles, whether it's focusing on abundance or focusing, whatever it is that drives you. And I do both. I'm just going to, I'm putting it all out there and not getting it to turn around. And this is what I'm saying is that I don't think I can do this on my own. I realized this weekend that I have all kinds of limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and even though I have a dear friend who is a business coach say to me, Les, you've got limiting beliefs. It's what's holding you back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that many times. Too. And I was like, no, I don't. I have got, I dream big. I'm a, I'm a risk taker. And well, clearly that was not the case this weekend. Yeah. I feel like I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to break, break it. You I don't, don't know how to, how to break, break it. That. I don't know what they are. Your intentions are good. 
your intentions are good. Yes. But you, yes, you don't know what they are and you don't know how to. And to be really honest, I don't want to pay somebody to do this. It's expensive. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. How are you supposed to get all this happy dappy stuff, chain, life changing stuff when you it can't afford it? It would be great if I could go to one of these $5,000 business seminars and get Tony Robbins to sit down and break down my limiting beliefs. Yeah, I'd love that. I am afraid to spend that money. Legit. Yeah, of course, especially, oh, I, I wouldn't even be able to put it to book it. It is lots of money. Therapy yeah. costs a lot of money. Which and is great. I, Good for them. Absolutely. Not dissing that. No, they earn it. I would be curious to know how many people are not following through with doing these things right. because they are stuck in the dollar value. And if you don't have benefits, if you don't have coverage for this stuff, yeah, you know, then you, you think... Oh, you go to Mexico. I could go to Mexico for this thing. So then, yeah, you're going to choose Mexico. I, I would choose go to Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the reality of it is a kick in the teeth sometimes. The fact that you want to do better, you want to try these things out. and But then is that just filling? Again, it's just filling in the slots of like, it's a temporary band-aid to me. I know. And what the limiting belief here is that I'm not worth okay, putting the out the money. Then I go spiral down. That brings me way down. The fact that I change the perspective on my self-sabotage. I am then in the deep of the negative self-talk. Okay, I can't, first of all, I can't afford the $5,000 trip to Mexico to hear these 10 speakers speak for the weekend. Okay, so I can't do that. And then instead of being like, okay, move on, then I'm like, well, I can't do that because of these circumstances that led me here. Yeah. And then, oh, well, those circumstances, it must be because I did something so terrible that I don't deserve those things in the first place. So do you see like it's a full on downward spiral? I take it personal. Yeah. To the point of I can't move. I'm frozen. That's deep. But that's me. That's where I go. This is what I need work on. So this is why I need to go to therapy. But what do you do when you can't afford therapy? Well, I can't afford therapy. I know you can't afford groceries. Right. So I am going to my doctor and through whatever means we have in this city, I'm there, there are resources for those who can't afford therapy. Now, is my therapist, I don't want to diss, but I'm getting who I get. Yeah. And it's not face to face. It's online, which is so hard for me. It's a tough one because I feel like, first of all, when I see myself reflecting back of my whining and complaining, mm -hmm. again, because I'm a self-sabotager, I take it to the negative on myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm visually seeing myself in the video and that's what I'm focusing on. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're not listening. I'm to not listening to her chit-chat about what to do to make things better. You're looking at the bags under your eyes. Right. <laughs> but that's me, right? So anyway, but there are there are means out there. It's just... When you don't have the finances to do something better than what you get here, this is just all we, we get. But isn't it a good start? Of course, I'm doing it. I, I, of course it is. It's better than nothing. Yeah. And that goes back to what we're always saying. It's one small step. Right. What can you do in this moment? Uh, do I wish it was going faster? Do I wish I could, you know, do, I'm in full stress, whatever reason right now, I would love to go away and just get the hell out of here and have a break, a mental, emotional break away from here. <laughs> this is the poor little rich girl syndrome that happened with Michelle and I. I get to go away. I got to go away for the weekend to Kelowna and ski with some of my fantastic family Absolutely. and come back and 
Michelle's like, you're so lucky you get to do this. And I'm like, but you're not going to believe what happened to me. And I totally tell her this bad story. And but you again, let me unpack it. Of Thank course, because there should be no, there's no comparison in our levels of, there shouldn't be, not with a good friendship. Right, right. So never would I be upset or jealous that you're able to, go, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm pissed that I can't do that for myself. And I'm pissed that I can't afford to take her. Yeah. Away is how fun would it be I know. to just go away with girlfriends and, and just neither of us can afford to be away her. and just a step out of my whatever I'm going through dealing with in my life at the moment and mm-hmm. just step out. But is that the best thing to do? Yeah, for yeah, <laughs> some margaritas by the pool. <laughs> yes, please solve any problem. And I know the therapist will say, running away. I'm like, no, 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 no. Michelle deals with her shit every single day. I am in it and I'm processing it and I'm trying to figure out how to do this better. And I'm analyzing this and this and this. Like, I'm, I do that every day. Mm-hmm. So my brain actually needs the step away break where I just shut down. And that's legitimate. Our bodies need rest. The rest. But when I'm in my situation right now, I can't escape it. Yeah. So for me, and this, I've done this always in my life. Mm -hmm. I needed an excuse to let everyone know, oh, because it's like, oh, you're going away. Oh, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I had postpartum back in the day, way back in the day. I smoked. I did smoke. Not while I was pregnant, but I did smoke. Mm-hmm. And so after my son was born, I started smoking again because it was an excuse that was accepted for me to step away and have a break because I felt guilty as a mom leaving my little baby for 10 minutes. That was my own health. That was me. No one was making me feel that way. That was my own mental brain working that way, thinking, oh, that's bad. You can't leave a kid. Well, no, the guilt was you shouldn't want to leave right. your kid. That's the shame. And and I was going through some severe postpartum. The cigarette break was accepted. Oh, yeah. Go for a cigarette. Yeah. Of course you need that. Yeah, of course you yeah. do. It's a break. It's yeah. accepted. Yeah, that's you need to step away. Maybe not so much anymore. But yes, no, back, yeah, back I, in the day, back in the day, smoke I mean, break was a legitimate break. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even then it was bad. But still, it was still my excuse. So I still now to this day... Yes, I want to go away and just have it's a it's an excuse break because when you're at home, you are you're in it. I'm still in it. I'm all the responsibility, thinking. all the grocery shopping, all yeah. the cleaning, all the. I'm you're- still processing the yucky. Yeah, even when I'm alone. Oh, it's so great to be alone. Yeah, sometimes, but my brain doesn't stop while I'm sleeping. It doesn't stop. Yeah. The bags are real. I think this is true for many, many, many women. Right. And I'm sure not a lot can go away either. So here we all are together, stuck. That's what's holding me back in this moment. Just stepping away, having some downtime. Yeah. Just to, because I did, I was lucky enough this past summer to go away by myself for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was like recharging for me. Yeah. So I know that's how my body works. Yeah. And it was a struggle to get that done, but it was worth it. What do we do when we can't? So anybody out there, I feel for you if you feel like you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So the only thing really getting me through are conversations. I'm actually taking those feelings of yuckiness and putting them out into the world. So talking with you, talking with other friends, talking on this podcast, talking to a therapist, even though it's not the greatest therapist. Yeah. Right. It's what you have right now. Using what you have right now. Yeah. Hopefully 
will bring me to the next, whatever it is, step. And I do think that that's how it works. I think that these moments in our lives, while it feels very much like doors are just closing, everything is closing, there's no movement forward. It is God saying, not yet. I have something better for you. Mm -hmm. Just wait. Okay, question now. When you're in your purpose, when you're doing your thing, yeah. when you're living your life, you're happy, everything's going great, and you don't have time to think. Yeah. Mm. I think that's what's been for you for the last how many years? Until now, all of a sudden, you don't have, you have the time. So, so all of this stuff is coming out. Yeah. I believe that I am in this season because I need to get through this right. stuff. I need to deal with some stuff. Yeah. God has called me <laughs> to a place of quiet right now so that I can deal with some stuff. I am doing. Yeah. I am applying. I'm reaching out. Yeah. I'm pounding the pavement. Absolutely. And the pause is necessary. So then if you're in a pause, trying to take my own advice here, in this pause, embrace the fact that you're in the pause and try and figure out why. Yeah. And see the positive of the pause rather than the negative. Yes. It's taken me months. Well, it takes me years. It's taken me years. And I do have this process where I'm thankful. I'm just sitting in the thankful. Mm-hmm. I have been living busy, busy, busy for a really long time. I have been working since I was in grade nine. I And then I had three kids and then I was yeah. full-time working mama. And So someone on the outside looking in, it's like this huge light is above you because you're finally being given the opportunity, forced. I know, but this is so crazy because our society is like, Lazy well, bum, when are you going to work? When are you yeah, gonna it's like job? the mom that stays home and then everyone's like, well, what did you do all day? Yeah. They're like, are you kidding? I kept a child alive. Right. Hence the why I had to go and have a cigarette to have a break. Yeah. Thinking that was okay. Why does our culture, Ugh. yeah, why have we given so much How value yeah. to busy? It's so funny because anytime you talk with someone, it's like they feel like they need to say, oh, I was so busy today. I was so busy today. Mm-hmm. And Yes, yes, I know. I'm not trying to. Or what do you do for work? And when you don't work, you're like, uh, you feel like a loser. Like you're not contributing. I do. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't like know. that temporary. Oh, when are you looking? When are you, have you found a job yet? Yes. This right? is what I'm in right now. Everyone's like, so, so you know, we're... and it's not like you're not going, not in the process of, but screw everybody. And let me just be in this moment of self-reflection and. Well, it's not like we're not like we're <laughs> we're trying to do something that we are doing something. So yeah, you are doing. You are definitely in the process of, and that's. I have a lot of irons in the fire right now, but so then it's if, not if, a job, and I don't. It's not a title, <laughs> and it's right. not on salary, so it seems like it's nothing. But if then you're thinking, okay, take the medicine. The medicine is learning to heal yourself self-love and being okay with wherever you're at yeah this is where I am right now and I'm taking little steps every day and some days that's all I got yeah and if you're feeling like you're in you know being drawn into the sand pit reach out to one person well that's the thing is it's having a friend or person your spouse that will just affirm and if not you find a doctor who will give you someone's name to go see for nothing yeah yeah one small thing. One small thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. Nothing is definitely holding us back today. That's for darn sure. You know, and we sure left a lot of loose ends. <laughs> Everyone's going to need therapy after, after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to get a few phone calls. Are you guys okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to be okay. We're fine. We got this. We got this. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And yeah, thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Bye. 
Thanks for making time to be with us. This is Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories inspire you to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time. Bye.